It's time for Nashville Sounds Baseball. Franklin Barreto hits a two-run homer. Matt Chapman has done it again with the glove. Garneau lines a base, hits a left. Sounds win. An amazing play by Joey Wendell. It's over. The Sounds have done it. The Nashville Sounds are division champions. What a finish at First Tennessee Park. Welcome to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. On the field, off the field, Rounding Third takes you inside Nashville Sounds baseball. Here's your host, Jeff M. Welcome into another edition of Rounding Third. It's our first installment of the podcast here in 2019, and many of you, I'm sure, have been following along for what's been a very busy offseason for the Sounds so far. First, the affiliation change last September, as the Sounds are now the proud AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. Then the Sounds became remastered in November, unveiling new logos, branding marks, and uniforms that have been extremely well-received. Fans already loving the new look and then the announcement in December that the sounds will be hosting the Rangers right here at first Tennessee Park on Sunday March 24th in an exhibition game the first MLB exhibition game in Nashville in 20 years so it's been a fun and busy winter and now spring training right around the corner we can say the exhibition game is next month here we are in early February and opening day on April 4th will be here before we know it today on rounding third we bring you a fun conversation with a pitcher who's been a sound a lot already in his career and likely will be donning a sounds uniform again very soon. Tim Dillard was a sound for at least a portion of every year from 2007 through 14 when the sounds were a Brewers affiliate and after spending 16 years in the Brewers organization Dillard recently signed a minor league contract with the Rangers which will put him back in a sounds uniform if he's assigned to AAA and would also have him playing at home again as he and his family have called the Nashville area home for several years which makes taping an off-season podcast in person very convenient so let's get to it here is the incomparable and hilarious Tim Dillard the all-time wins leader in Sounds history, all-time innings pitched leader in Sounds history. Really? Here in the booth at First Tennessee Park. Tim, always good to see you. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I didn't know innings. Yeah. Really? 556 and two-thirds coming wow. into this year, purely as a sound. Wow. You, I know, I knew you had I a long the... time as a starting pitcher. That's yeah, where yeah, a lot yeah. of that comes from. I got a couple of couple of full years, I think, as a starter here, but I knew I had the walks record and the hit by pitcher. I didn't want to I didn't I didn't want to put those on the list for today, but uh but I'm yeah. not trying to do that. It just happens. A lot was written when it was announced that you had signed with the Sounds new parent club, the Rangers. So I don't want to we don't need to necessarily rehash the whole history, but the short version for folks who don't know is that uh, for a long time the Sounds were a Milwaukee Brewers affiliate and you up until this coming year had spent basically your entire professional career with the Brewers outside of a little winter ball or independently ball and then the Sounds were an A's affiliate 2015 through last year you stayed with the Brewers so we would see you as a visiting player with Colorado Springs and now the Sounds are a Rangers affiliate and for the first time basically in your professional baseball life you are no longer with the Brewers but because of the Sounds affiliation with the Rangers you if you're in AAA this year you will be with your hometown team again, which has got to be a really unique feeling right now. Well, when you say it like that, it, all of that just sounds really crazy, <laughs> which is about what the minor league life is like. 
Um, but yeah, it sounds like a really horrible Mad Lib that you just came <laughs> up with. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's everybody's like, well, what's it like being back home? And and um, and and I and I say it's amazing. If you can't be in the big leagues and play in the big leagues, play where you live, mm-hmm. right? And so I get to make you know the kids lunches for school, and then jump in the car and drive to the field during the summer. I told my son, I'm like, I, I, w- I would bring you to the field around lunchtime, and then I'll take you home at around midnight when the game and everything's over. And um, I mean, I mean, I guess that's he won't be past curfew yeah, <laughs> if he's right. with me. But I just think it's really cool. I grew up in the clubhouse when my dad was a coach, and uh, to me that was a second home. And I didn't ever believe that I'd be able to play this long, where my son can actually come into the clubhouse and see me as a player, but also remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's one; he's ten. He's yeah. about to turn ten. And um, anyway, to me, that's probably the greatest thing is I actually just get to spend more time with my family. So you're in your mid-30s, you've got a wife, three kids. Nashville is not your original home, but you guys have lived here long enough that I think a lot of people sort of consider you a hometown guy here here in Nashville. And you mentioned it a little bit, but I'm not sure the so-called casual fan really understands how rare it is for a player to get to play where he lives. Because most of the time, and there are so many factors that can come into play, but very few times in your career do you really get to choose where you're going to play. And yeah. you ultimately still don't really dictate that. But in, in a lot of ways, it's looking like you'll spend some time with the Sounds this year, which has to be a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever chosen. I don't think I've ever had a choice when it comes to baseball. Yeah. <laughs> like if I want to keep playing, sometimes the team doesn't want me back. And so I got to go try to find another job. And, um, and I've done that. I've gone to Mexico and I've gone to Venezuela and independent ball in Pennsylvania. And so I've just done certain things to maybe keep finding a jersey. But when it comes to where you play and things like that, uh, you don't really have a lot to say so. Not unless you're one of those big league guys, you know. <laughs> Look, I can play anywhere I want. Um, but but that's what's, you know, a fun thing and a, and a hard thing about baseball is that it's easy in the way that they, they tell you what to wear, you know, where to go, mm-hmm. where to be, how to, how to go about your day. I mean, it's all scheduled and – um, to me, that's really easy, kind of knowing, all right, this is the plan laid out. And then in the, the other aspect of that is you don't really get to express yourself. You don't know where you're going to be next week. You don't really know <laughs> what's going on a lot of times. And you're kind of just, you know, especially in the offseason, you don't know what's going on. Am I going to play again or am I retiring or whatever? So um, I've just learned to kind of relax and just kind of go with the flow because <laughs> you just don't know. So I don't get too far ahead of myself. I hope to be here during yeah. the season. But I mean, you know, spring training is a rough beast and uh, you never know what can happen. So last season ends, take us through the timeline of agreeing with the Rangers and how that all unfolded. And I'm sure you, like a lot of players, were kind of waiting. If, if a guy thinks he's going to be at AAA, he's also sort of looking at how some of the affiliation shuffling was going to turn out. Yeah. I was actually hoping, like, okay, if I'm with the Brewers, I don't know if they're going to sign me back. But um, if they were to come in and get back you know, in Nashville for the AAA – I was, you know, I was borderline, you know, what's begging going to look like? <laughs> I'm willing to beg, you know, take me back, take me back. And um, anyway, I, you know, later on when it was announced that the uh, the Rangers were coming in, it, it was immediately like, okay, who do I know, right? So I'm looking up there and I saw a lot of names that, um, that I had come across in my career um, and several really good friends of mine. Vinny Rotino has been a pro scout for the Rangers for the last several years and I'd seen him. Uh, throughout the league, popping up at various places and asking about players, what do you got on this guy? And so that relationship with us was there. And so he was one of the first person I you know, reached out to and said, listen, man, I'm a free agent. You know, I want to be at home if I can. What do you got for me? And sure enough, he was like, dude, we've already talked about you. Wow. And he's like, the GM has brought you up. He's like, coaches have brought you up. 
He's like, we got a lot of special moves that are going to be happening. He's like, I think it can happen. So he was like, hey, explore your options, but leave us a chance. Wow. And so I looked at my other options, and there was really nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't tell the Rangers that. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I called around, and uh, I even called the Brewers, and we're like, uh, hey, uh, what, what are we thinking? And they're like, well, we could probably bring you to spring training, minor league spring training, but we can't guarantee anything. And <laughs> what's funny is I love Tom Flanagan, the farm director there. And he goes, listen, I, I would do that, but I can't promise you a spot. And the last thing I want to do is be the guy that releases Tim Dillard. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'm down to my last whatever options. And what's amazing about the Rangers, already in a short time, I signed, what, maybe a month ago? Mm -hmm. And I've already got maybe 15 phone numbers of people in the Rangers organization, coaches, the GM, uh, scouts, the – HR people, the clubhouse attendants. I mean, everyone has reached out. Everyone's so, everyone's been so amazing, and they've and they've kept their word the entire time. They they reached out to me and said, "Hey, we want to try to sign you, um, but we have some other things that need to fall in place. Mm -hmm. So we want you to be patient with us." And so I didn't know what to think when you don't hear for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, boom! Congratulations, you're a Ranger. You yeah, know? and I don't know. It's pretty exciting. It's it's you know sometimes change is good. So I'm gonna roll with it. Well, and I've told you this before on the air when we've done interviews and, and, and off the air, I feel like, I mean, you're, everybody knows you're hilarious and the social media content has, no. has become popular and <laughs> you've got a website and a podcast of your own that we'll talk about. So it, I feel like that part of you has become so popular. It would be easy to forget, but it shouldn't be forgotten that you still love pitching. You want to pitch. You're going to work oh, yeah. out when we're done taping this. You are preparing for a season where you your goal is to get to the big leagues and have an ERA of zero. I mean, you still take the game and your work very seriously, even though there's a lot of other things about you that make people laugh and smile and think that it's all fun and games. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just because I play baseball. You know, if I was just some normal like, hey, check out this funny video. It's not really going to be that funny. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not that funny. But if you get in a clubhouse setting and you have a bunch of guys that are not actors, <laughs> you know, and they're not Latin and they're singing Latin songs or whatever it is, um, it, it's just because of the moment and things like that make it funnier. I, I, this is stuff that's been going on in the clubhouse even back when we were in the old stadium, mm -hmm. you know, with the sounds. And uh, it's just now coming to the forefront where it's, it's okay to do that um, on camera and kind of release it to the public. The Brewers were very gracious to me being in the clubhouse and being able to film because they did trust me. Now, I don't know if the Rangers trust me, but the team last team I was with, I was with for 16 years. And I don't want to put any pressure on the Rangers. <laughs> hopefully they trust me enough to keep me around. But um, it, it, it's a team camaraderie thing. And uh, when you talk about taking baseball serious, I do take it serious. And, and if this was a video, you could tell I'm wearing baseball pants because I'm literally going to throw a bullpen after this um, to, to get ready for spring. But what you don't know is that there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure that, you know, especially the young guys face, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of guys get to AAA and maybe they've never failed before. They never failed in college and they sped through the ranks, A ball, double A. They get to AAA and they start playing against guys that are well older than them that have a plan at the plate or have a plan on the mound. And sometimes they struggle. And there's a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety. A lot of times guys just that's what they dwell on with their mind. And so actually, this is kind of very therapeutic for myself 
to kind of take the pressure off what's going on in the field is just to kind of dive into the culture of the clubhouse and the teammates and just have a good time. And, um, you know, it kind of releases that pressure. And a lot of the best teams I've been on have guys in the clubhouse that know how to kind of take that off everybody. And so I, I don't know when I became that guy, but yeah. probably around 30. It, it, well, <laughs> in, in the age of analytics, I don't know how to put a number value on what you just described. But hundred. I think, Give but me a hundred. <laughs> but I think we all agree that yeah. it is valuable. Don't I have start. to think the Brewers felt that way about you, especially the last few years as you get older in your career. I have to think the Rangers feel that way, that um, you know, I, you can make yourself a lot of money someday if you can find a, a formula that puts a number on that. And it's, you know, they uh, probably have a measurement for it. They just haven't released it yet. I'll, <laughs> I'll tweet uh, Tim Kirchens. <laughs> I got a text message today. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> as you know, that's one of my favorite impersonations <laughs> yeah. that you do. But as, as you've gone more in the video and social media route with a lot of your content, I feel like your impersonations have faded a little bit the last few years. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, your I mean, comedy is evolving, Tim. You're, <laughs> well, you're some, evolving. Some of the young guys have never heard of Harry Carey. <laughs> that's true. And I straight call them out for it well a lot of a lot of your videos have a microphone as a prop yeah. from your harry carried is i i that that went into my brain as i was setting up the equipment here with a mic for you <laughs> yeah, I'm like, i love this I, microphone. I, I know that tim is going to think of this it. microphone like a toy yeah well, I, I want to pick it up. My my uh, Harry Carey impersonation. I shake the microphone, right? Because he's always he's always shaking. A little jittery. <laughs> a little jittery. And maybe uh, a little overserved. Yeah. So I'm, I, when I interview guys in the clubhouse doing certain things, I find myself shaking the mic just because you know I I would like to say I'm nervous, but I'm not. I'm just doing it because that's my impersonation of Harry. Like, hi everybody. I'm standing here with what's his face. <laughs> you may. <laughs> I'm glad Harry is here. This is great. Um, you mentioned earlier you don't think you're funny or, or, or what your content is necessarily maybe going in. You don't know if it's going to be funny or not. But I've always felt like you have a comedic mind. I remember sitting next to you on one of the flights back when you were with the sounds uh, and you, you showed me your phone and you were using the list you know, app or what, like the program oh, yeah, yeah, where you yeah. can make a list within your phone. Notes. You, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, the yeah. notes. You had a list of just ideas, and <laughs> yeah. and you're showing me, and and I thought, you know, some you're you're not you're naturally funny for one, but then you there's also this comedic mind element to you where there's like really a thought process that goes into it, which I think takes it to another level. Do you think of it that way? Most of my notes just say drink more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee. And the more kids I have, the more coffee I drink. That's true. And it makes me, you know, a little outrageous at times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like coming up with ideas. I've just always been an ideasman and um, I always thought when I get out of baseball, I may invent something and that way I can just be really stupid rich and not do anything. So, <laughs> but that hasn't happened. And so I just keep playing baseball. I keep writing down ideas. And what's really fun is when you come across an idea and someone's like, Oh, I like that. And it's like, all right, let's do it. You know, and whatever that entails, whether it's a funny picture or a video. Um, and so that's what I do. I, I just, if I think something's funny, I just write it down and hope to use it later. I wrote down a tweet today because I thought, <laughs> have you heard about Tony Romo? You know, Tony I've Romo's heard of him. Been, yeah, Tony Romo's been killing it as a as a broadcaster, right? Yeah. And so I wanted I want to bring up I don't know, maybe I shouldn't read it. <laughs> but next time he's in the booth and everyone's talking about how great of an analyst he is, I'm gonna say, you know what? I bet Peyton Manning would be just as good as Tony Romo as color commentating, <laughs> just with a deviated septum. <laughs> 
<laughs> because, I, you know, guys have a lot to share. It's just how they're sharing it. And so a lot of the things that I've done, I didn't know if I'd be good at, but we do have a podcast. And so yeah. people have told me like, hey, we really like your voice. We like your voice on the podcast or, hey, we like your videos. So that goes up to editing skills and filming stuff. And I never know if I never knew if I could do that stuff. And I've, I've tried to conquer these little skills here and there and, and figure out how all that stuff works, mm-hmm. whether it's producing something or writing something. And so I'm not really good at anything. I just kind of have dabbled in a lot of things. So it's fun. At Dim Tillard on yeah. Twitter, you've got uh, dimtillard.com, and I'm glad you mentioned the <laughs> podcast, Show and Go, yeah. which was started by your pal Ben Zobrist. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about you, the podcast that you have. The Show and Go. Yeah, listen to it. Um, actually, when I walked in, a couple of your guys' uh, field crew were sitting by the door, and they asked if I was lost <laughs> <laughs> because I'm wearing baseball pants and red socks. And Who's the super I, yeah, fan? Yeah, it's like, easy, guy. The season hadn't started yet. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm here for opening day. <laughs> and I was like, hey, guys, could I recognize them? I didn't know if they were going to recognize me, and they did. But um, one of them was like, hey, uh, love the podcast. Like, I find myself listening to it. And he goes, I'm a coach, too. Like, I, you know, he coaches probably uh, Little League or something like that. And, and he was like, there's a lot of great lessons there. And he's like, I, I appreciate it. And I was like, yeah, I, one, one thing that sets our podcast apart is that, number one, there's four guys in there, which you don't get a lot of times, but mm-hmm. we actually like each other. We actually <laughs> hang out with each other, and we do this all the time. Uh, we just talk baseball, so we decided to record it. And what we do is we call out things like we see it because we're very honest, very transparent in that way, and we call out the kids. Like when the kids, this, they act like this. We call out the parents. We call out the coaches. Uh, pretty much anybody that's around the game, including ourselves, we just call it out for what it is because when you do that, it's very relatable, and guys can go, yes, that is exactly how I feel. I didn't know how to put it into words or didn't know if I should talk about it. And so what we're getting a lot of feedback is that people are like, this is, this is helping our uh, our business or this is helping whatever uh, i have a staff that's under me that mm-hmm. we want to listen to how to be a good teammate episode things like that so what it does is it it, it communicates in a way that people can say hey we're just going to share this instead of having to tell that person you know whatever lesson that could be and so we found that there's a lot of life lessons in there we didn't set out to do that <laughs> <laughs> but when you're talking about baseball and you're talking about it from a perspective of me and ben and being in it our entire life that's what it is baseball is 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 that life Show and go is a, is in some ways a very minor league term. Uh, I know what it means. You know what it means. But in yeah. case people are wondering, explain what show and go means. Show first and go. Of all. Yeah. So it's basically you know you have a late night game. Usually that's when it happens, and uh, the coach would go, "Hey, we're just going to show and go tomorrow." And so it's like, all right, you can show up late to the field, and there's no batting practice on the field. There's no practice. You can come and play catch if you want, or hit in the cage. It's kind of on you. You just need to make sure you're there dressed and ready when the anthem is played. (laughs) And uh, it used to be back in the day that was really popular. Uh, I had a lot of managers that were like they could read the, the, you know, the heartbeat of a team and go, listen, we need a day. It's been a hard travel and things like that. And Ben has seen it from Joe Madden in the big leagues um, and some of their long stretches where they play a lot of games and uh, hard travel. (laughs) Like, you can have hard travel in the, <laughs> yeah. in the big leagues. Sounds like a real yeah, grind up yeah, there. Yeah, PCL. We travel commercial. Um, <laughs> so so that show-and-go mentality for us, we just thought it was a great name, but I actually do show-and-go. Like, when we do the podcast, I just show up, have no idea what we're doing, have no idea what we're talking about, and, uh, and most everybody else takes little notes and stuff. I just kind of sit there and kind of try to mediate everything going on, yeah. and then they'll bring up a, something, and I'll go, oh, I have a story for that. And it's really fun to try to relate these stories to the topics that we're talking about. But we have a pitcher standpoint. we got a position player standpoint. We have a coach, and we have a strength coach. So 
Yeah. Beat that podcast world. <laughs> and you, uh, you're not wearing it today, but you have your own beanie brand, yes. basically. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, how would you describe it? Like a character, essentially, <laughs> an outline of your face with, <laughs> with your beard, which makes me think you're, you're locked in like forever now into having a beard, it, yeah, aren't you? If I shave the beard, it's over. Uh, yeah. My, I mean, when is the last time you didn't have a beard? Um, I, you know, I shaved it. I started growing it in 2015. And then I shaved it that off season and then grew it in 16 and I shaved it that off season. Uh, but in 17, I didn't, I kept the beard because I was invited to dance on stage in Miami at the Univision Deportes Primos award show. I'm sure you read about that. Yeah. I've, I've had, it's not a big deal. I've had the same invite. I just turned it down. Okay. Yeah. So I, they want me to, you know, they, I, I knew that I, if I shave the beard, nobody's gonna know who I am, but I do sing these Latin songs or mouth the words to Latin songs and videos and Univision liked it. I was actually on a morning show with Avon de Jesus Jr. Early in 2017. And so, um, yeah, they wanted me to come. I walked a red carpet and we, I pretended to go out there and give an, give an award away. Mm -hmm. And instead they tried to get me to sing one of the songs and I said no and I start walking away. But then the song starts playing and I turn around and start mouthing the words. It's not a big deal. I had pyrotechnics and Oscar De La Hoya was there and I had six backup dancers. But Yeah, not a big deal at all. Yeah, I had to keep the beard for that and then it just carried over to next season. But I don't know. I'm going to shave it sometime. You will shave it again. I will. And you'll wear the beanie that has the beard outline. It's, it's, it's like an optical illusion. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I, that kind of was, that was really weird. I just, I did, I don't really like wearing a hat a lot of times because during the season, that's all we do is wear a hat. Yeah. And, but my hair is kind of homelessy hair. Like I don't, I don't do anything to it. It's untamed. I yeah. get one haircut a year, basically, uh, if that. And so, yeah, I just decided a beanie is the best way to go. It's just comfortable. It's easy. And uh, next thing you know, that was kind of associated with me and people just could recognize me because of that. And I started wearing orange glasses because they were five dollars at, <laughs> at a hotel lobby. They're hanging and, around your, your shirt collar oh, right yeah, now, yeah, I yeah, might yeah, add. Yeah, I yeah for those who can't see us. Yeah, yeah. So they fit on my beanie. Because I said those who can't see us. No one can see <laughs> us. This is a podcast. I don't know. We're overlooking the field. I see some telescopes. <laughs> that's out true. There. That's true. Someone <laughs> out someone in downtown Nashville might have a scope. <laughs> but other than that, they can't yeah. see us. So anyway, it kind of became a thing, a beanie and glasses. And so I, I thought, well, why don't I just sell this? stuff see if anybody even likes it and uh anyway people have actually bought it and now i have socks so i have no idea but it's at dimtiller.com wow all right well a couple <laughs> things so i i know you've been asked countless times like what's your favorite video of all the videos Ooh. you've created i'm not going to ask you that specifically but i have a <laughs> one of the things that i love about them and i think this is pretty much the case in all your videos is that they end with you and the other guys in the video starting to crack up about <laughs> what you've just done and I think that's so perfect because it makes the viewer laugh that much more. But oh, yeah. then it also reinforces that, like, yes, they're professionally done, but it's, there's this amateurish nature to it as well, which I think oh, yeah. is hilarious. Is that by design that when you're editing, you leave that in I have on to. purpose? I have to. I didn't do it for a while, but people started messaging me going, I would love a behind the scenes clip. Yeah. You know, I would love to see how this process goes and. Um, it's, it gets outrageous at times. We were caught last year, uh, Karcher took a picture. We were in new Orleans, Karcher, uh, the radio guy for the Colorado sky, sky socks that aren't even around anymore. Um, uh, but he took a picture of us at home plate in new Orleans and we were shooting a video and, uh, we were doing the John legend song, all of me, you know, we we're mm -hmm. doing mouthing with a hitter and an umpire <laughs> had a catcher out there. <laughs> Had a had a had a sound guy. I had chairs out there, and anyway, the process. What people don't know, the process and everything goes into it. Uh, it's very collaborative. Everybody has a good time with it, and what they don't know is that it's actually funnier 
than the actual video. Yeah, I bet. Like it really is. And I mean, <clears throat> I, I I should get an intern to follow us around. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it, but you know, uh, have yeah. Just I, I think I want to do that in the future is have a camera kind of showing behind the scenes if you know if people even care. But it is funny. I think one of arguably my favorite one is, though is the uh, September call ups oh, video. Yeah where it's guys waiting for the phone call that they're going to go to the big leagues. And I watched it again this the, morning, the knowing that you were going to come by. Playing. Well, that one too. That one's good oh, where it's like the, oh. the like from the, the pet adoption commercials <laughs> yeah, with Sarah McLaughlin how, yeah, yeah. how sad they are. But the other one is where the phone call is coming. And <laughs> yeah. then one of the caller, I, two of the caller IDs are actually double A, which is where you see it. And you, you throw yeah, the yeah, phone yeah. aside. And then yeah. the guy at the end has the, it says big leagues yeah, calling yeah. on his phone and he sleeps He's through it, which is just a great way to end. It. I just that's just gold. The Sarah yeah. McLaughlin uh, themed oh, yeah. <laughs> pet adoption commercial is great too. Well, I, you know, I think the videos they they are very honest in, in things that go on. So like that one video I was talking about, it's a, it's between a player and an umpire arguing. Like that happens, and yeah. so we kind of just did a fun twist on it to the point where I had a couple of umpires go, "Yeah, that was pretty good." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the best compliment. Yeah, you that's, get, uh, that's what you can get. And I'm like, ha ha ha, call strikes. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And uh, but the it's it's interesting because it does parallel what we're doing though talking about september call-ups like that's a real thing no doubt that's it's like the real biggest pressure. day in a yes. minor leaguer's life if you're at triple yes. unless there's only a few guys on every team maybe four to five guys a year that are on that 40-man roster that go up and down and yeah so they have a good chance like oh i'm gonna get called up in september and so there's really not a whole lot of pressure there but literally for you know 90 percent of the other guys it is do i have a chance you mm -hmm. know is this the last time i ever put on a uniform do i get called up or not do i have a job do i get you know signed back and um, to actually, you know, make a video and bring that out and, you know, put your finger on that nerve and just yeah. push it because like, it is a real thing and you kind of have to learn to laugh at that stuff. Not yeah. in a, not in a, you don't care way, but in a, you know what, we're all in this together. We all know the pressures that are going on and you are family. We do life together. And so that's what family does. Who is a guy that has been in one of the videos that maybe even going in, you're like, I, I bet he's not going to be willing to do this. David Stearns, uh, the GM oh, of the Brewers, yeah. comes to mind. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not shy about going to somebody <laughs> yeah, high up and getting them involved. I yeah, mean, that's probably the reason I'm not with the Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> you make fun of the GM, you get cut out. <laughs> ah, yeah, I did a video, actually this September, when I was called up to do uh, broadcasting. Um, during the red series, I was actually, you know, st sitting at the, at the uh, desk, I wore a suit, you know, that was the, my one haircut a year <laughs> and they made me do it. Um, when's the last time you had tied a tie? <laughs> yeah, I was did. it a clip on? No, I didn't. I actually had a buddy of mine come over and tie it. Nice. I did. I, and, and, uh, I appreciate that Scott. So yeah. So when we were shooting the video, they wanted me like I, me returning to Miller park. I had this idea. And so I started one day, I showed up and started running around the stadium, you know, shooting little videos and. So we were on the field and I saw David Stearns and I was like, Hey man, would you, you know, Mr. GM Stearns, sir, <laughs> um, could you, could I, could you be in a video? And he was like, Oh yeah, no problem. So the idea was that he was being interviewed, uh, by Sophia Mininert, mm -hmm. who's the, uh, I mean, I guess the sideline Side reporter. Yeah. And so she looks like she's interviewing him and he's like talking and I walk right through them. Like I'm talking to the camera <laughs> just right in front of the dugout. I'm talking, I'm like, man, I love being back at Miller park. You know, it's just such a special place, the people. And I walk through, and he's talking, and I straight interrupt him, and he, like, throws his hands up. And uh, three months later, I don't have a job. <laughs> no, but it was really cool. Like, anytime you can get people involved, um, it, it's – I don't know. It's a fun thing. And I try to get clubbies involved at different places that we play. Uh, I've even had some fans involved. And what's interesting is when you grow, roll back into those cities, 
they're like, hey, man, I was in that video. Do you yeah. remember? And it's just, it's, it is really cool. It's like a badge of honor. When yeah. They, well, you just, you've done something together and you've, you know, and when you get coworkers together to do something for a goal, even if the goal is silly and kind of pointless, it does have that team camaraderie and it, it's just a fun thing. You've got a workout to get to here in a couple minutes, but I want to wrap up with, uh, you mentioned Vinny Rotino as a yeah. Rangers connection for you. It's interesting, and again, a lot can happen. Spring training hasn't even started yet, but if you start to try to map things out, first of all, on the Sounds field staff, the pitching coach is Brian Schaus, a former yep. teammate of yours with the Brewers. Bullpen coach Eric Gagne, former teammate of yours. Yep. Uh, the manager is Jason Wood, who at least you know from him being the manager in Round Rock the last several years, and yep. you might have even opposed him going farther back in the day. We, we need to look that up. We'll Google it. We'll um, Google it. But, so that right there, you've got connections literally in – the field staff, but then there's also a cool local component in addition to you that could be on the team. Chris Nunn, uh, Lipscomb alum, has signed with the Rangers, and Zach Curtis, uh, a Hendersonville native who yep. went to MTSU. Uh, you guys all could be in the same bullpen that is led by Eric Gagne. So, like, new organization after 16 years with Milwaukee, but you're looking around and seeing all kinds of names and faces that you already know. Yeah, it's good to have allies in this game. You know, it's good to, it's good to the people, the relationships that you made years ago that guys still know your name and they still, you know, they root for you. But that only goes so far because eventually you need to perform. Yeah. Eventually you need to get out there and get somebody out you know on the pitching standpoint uh but in this game it really helps if you're not amazing on the mound <laughs> which i am by the way. of course I'm, I'm sure incredible right uh, <laughs> but it is good to have allies it's good to have the phone numbers and i've actually helped younger guys that are you know that kind of going through what i've gone through in the past go hey man it, you don't know who you're going to come across uh, my dad told me years ago when i was first starting to go play pro ball he played in the big leagues he coached my entire life and the only advice he gave me before i went to you know, my first pro ball uh, stint in Arizona, he just said, hey, man, stay out of the training room and be nice to the clubby. And in that, he's basically saying, yeah, don't act like you're hurt all the time. It's, you know, obviously don't be in the training room because yeah. you can't play. But on a, on a very practical level, he said, be nice to the clubby. The clubby is the one that shines the shoes, takes out the trash, uh, fixes the food, puts the uniforms out, washes everything. And, you know, it's easy to treat those guys kind of like a service, like, oh, you're the service guy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and th sometimes they can be treated bad. But my, my dad was getting across is it's respect. It's respect everyone in this game. Treat everybody the way they're supposed to be treated with respect, because this game is not about me. It's not about you. But it is a it is a small army that puts on a game. You know, you got ticket takers, you got people in the dugout, you got mascots. <laughs> Where's Buddy at? Is he running around here? I mean, Booster, Booster. Uh, but it takes, you know, the grounds crew, you even have the fans. Like, we're all kind of in this together. Yeah. And you need that respect. And what happens is, you know, you don't know who you're going to come across in the future or who, who you're going to impact. It doesn't, you know, that you may never know it. But at the same time, treat it like that's going to be the case. Yeah. Like, okay, why would I be a bad teammate now if later on I could be teammates with this guy in five years? You know, and so it's kind of that dynamic of, you know, it's a little self-serving at times, but at the same time, it's just doing the right thing. Yeah. Like just respect where respect is due. Yeah. And I think later on, I mean, it, it served me well because my dad was, a, a, to me, a crowning example of that. And he treated everybody the right way. And, and, uh, and anyway, that's to me is probably more important because we're talking about character, probably more important than anything you could actually do on the field. Well said, man. Um, when do you go to spring training? Uh, mid-February, mid <laughs> something like that. I'm actually not driving uh, cross-country. It's a 24-hour drive from here. You're walking this year? I'm walking, and it's going to take <laughs> – no, I'm flying for the first time since 2005. I'm nice. flying to Arizona. So that's a tough one because I really love the trip because I 
I drive and I stop and I've seen the crater in uh, wherever that is, Arizona <laughs> or New Mexico. I've seen the uh, Grand Canyon and, you know, I stop in Oklahoma City just because I love Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, just different places on the trip and usually I have somebody with me. It's a pretty fun time and uh, I'm, tra- I'm trading all that in for a three-hour plane flight. Nice. So, yeah. And then uh, we'll see what happens in the spring. Hopefully you get to the big leagues like anybody who's been at AAA wants to do. But if you're with the Sounds, it's going to be a pretty fun season too. Yeah, field looks great, by the way. My well, bad. it's in transition mode for, for soccer. So oh, okay. you're, you're seeing the, the end of the transition with some grass on the dirt where there's not normally grass. Yeah, well, I, I can't wait. I mean, once they get the dirt infields in there, I'll be out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you came up in uniform today. I know, I thought I was going to take some fun, though, some shortstop, throw across the diamond. Well, thanks for making time, man. Good to see you as always, and uh, hopefully we'll see a lot more of you come April. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. All right, that's Tim Dillard joining us here on Rounding Third. Thank you for listening to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. For more information about Sounds Baseball and this podcast, visit nashvillesounds.com slash podcast. Oh,